0: Morning for the Alliance Church is Baptism Sunday, um, and so we come together and we celebrate what, what Saint Augustine calls this, uh, for all the sacraments, this visible form of an invisible grace. This visible form of an invisible grace. So what we see in when we enact the Lord's Supper or when we enact baptism, we're kind of coming together and, and looking in this visible way these tangible acts as something in which we appreciate that is invisible. I think that that works as a very robust definition of faith in today's modern world. So much of what we assume we know and can know and be a part of, we assume is already visible. But what does it mean for a people to come together and say we're enacting something visibly that we know about that's happened invisible? people have come and heard the news of Jesus Christ, that they've heard of his death and resurrection, that they've come and sought new life, and so we enact this visible sign of that invisible grace of God changing our hearts and lives and minds. Now this, this jar sits uh, by the door every Sunday, and it's uh, meant, it says uh, waters of baptism above it, I believe but it's meant to be a place where we can each sort of remember our baptismal identity. Remember that we've been baptized and adopted into Christ. Now, some people make the sign of the cross, some people just stick their fingers in it. Most people from where I stand tend to ignore it, which is fine. (laughs) But it's meant to be this way in which we can recollect that space. It's often, in my life, I don't think we think about remembering often enough. I mean, we do it all the time. My parents are here, so we're remembering a lot. I have the correct memory of all the events that happened while I was growing up. And then I correct them as we go through the day. Remembering happens all the time, but we don't think about the act of remembering. What I've often found is, when I used to work at the Episcopal Bookstore in Seattle, which is as exciting as it sounds, let me tell you, the wild parties, wild living at the Episcopal Bookstore in Seattle. Um, uh, That was a tradition that robustly practiced infant baptism. And so they sold a lot of books to remember your baptism, to bring it back to mind, because it happened before your memories were formed. And so they sold these sort of things that you could bring into your house and into your life to bring to the center that that identity in which you have in Christ was enacted upon you, you've been invited into, and you can begin to see how that might change. Other traditions, Baptists, uh, others, don't do anything to call you to remember your baptism because they assume you can remember it. They assume because you were conscious, you were aware that you were an adult or a teenager or a a late-stage child and had decided to get baptism. Since you can remember it in its act, they don't give you anything to remember the act itself. But I think that's an error. I'm not saying making an argument for one form of baptism or another, but to say that it's something that we should continually be reminded of. That our bodies have been baptized into death with Christ. That it's been raised to new life. That in that way, we've been transferred from a different plane to a different reality to a different thing. Or to put it another way, one of the key markers when we talk about baptism is forgiveness. And forgiveness, we often talk about forgiveness sins as washing away what's been done wrong, this, that, and the other. We leave it there. But there's this beautiful portrait of what that forgiveness might mean in the book of Isaiah, where he comes to the royal throne room, and he's there, and he's witnessing what's going on, and he says, whoa, I am a man of unclean lips. What happens is an angel touches a hot coal to his lips so that he can remain in that space. Forgiveness doesn't stop with the washing away, but it paves the way for our union with Christ. It paves the way for that future day of glorification. It's not forgiveness for forgiveness's sake, but it's forgiveness so that we might become the type of people who can act in this world and into the world to come in different ways. So this morning we come here and then we go to the river for the rest of it. And meeting with Ryan and Jack um, several times over the past several months um, has been a pleasure. It's been very awesome and and on Thursday we went to the grind um, and I asked them because they had met, I mean they've met here, but asked them to sort of share their stories of coming to faith with one another and like, Brian has never really felt like a holy place to me, let's put it that way. Um, but it was just holy to be able to sit in that spot. And what was beautiful about it is, is, Brian, you can ask him about it, and I encourage you to over, not just surround him today, but over time to ask him about it, and similar for Jack, um, is that Brian has this way of, of coming, um, being led more by the heart into this. Jack um, uh, came very, uh, he was a philosophy major. So that, that tells you enough right there. Um, very cognitively. And yet as they talk together, Ryan's mind uh, didn't get washed away. He was talking about how his mind was engaged in the process. And as Jack talked to Ryan, his heart is engaged in the process as well. And so you look at these, these ways of coming to the faith, I and mean, they kind of merge in and, 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 and strange ways together in which uh, I think point to reality and that it is God that is drawing us into this place. Um, and so I encourage you over the next weeks or so to take them to the it's the only works there. Um, and ask them about their journey uh, into faith um, and such. Um, but one of the, the keys that I think we celebrate today, and we celebrate it for them, but we remember it for ourselves, is this way in um, this is our new home, and this is our new place, this is where we've moved into with Christ in this way. We've, we've found union with Christ in this way. And it's so easy to forget it as we go about our days. So today as we baptize two people, it's worth remembering your own as well. Call it to mind in the ways in which you have been called into that space as well. There's union, forgiveness. There's there's this new birth that comes with this that comes from John 3 and other stories, in which there is a, a new life on the other side of this act. There's a transfer of loyalties. There's a way in which we have sort of stood in the world in one ways, and now as baptized ones, we stand with a community of people in the church, but also in a different way in the world. We have a loyalty Christ that transcends some of our other loyalties. Um, and all these are bound up in the act in which we do today. So my goal is to stop here, because I think the words, and some of you have a copy of it already, is the act makes the meaning. The act brings about the meaning in different ways. We uh, C.S. Lewis, when he's talking about communion, he says, you know, if you begin to analyze it too much, it's like taking a coal out of the fire, and as you analyze it more and more, it loses its heat. doing the baptism, appreciating the ritual. And as I was reading this week, one of the, the key sort of ways in, in which expressing that is um, we, we, one of the few places we intuitively get that ritual means something beyond what happened before it or is going through it is, is marriage. Now today, is you could argue, is like marriage to Christ and all that, this and the other. But, but I think to set in our minds, like when people proclaim those things, make those promises on that, that they're making something different. Now, one of the things I love about um, uh, uh, when we think about marriage is that when people say, "I, I feel like I married somebody different than who I'm married to, it's like, of course you did. By taking on those vows, by going through that act, by pledging to one thing over other things, by moving in that way, who wouldn't be a different person on the other today to come together. Remember our own baptisms, if you can. Remember that, that this has been happened to us. And then, two, we we invite uh, Jack and Ryan into that moment, as well. So we will sing one last song, um, and then go to Veltas Park. There, Kelly is setting up a table. We'll gather around the table, sing one song there, go to the river, which I went to yesterday. It's safe and warm, it's cool <laughs> 90 degrees. Um, Anybody's welcome to get in. Um, And then do the baptism. Go back to the table. Um, We'll sing one more song and have communion there. And then uh, I think it's a pretty grand feast we have set up down by the river, too. So hang around and feast and celebrate this day. Um, So let's pray. God, you have brought us together today to celebrate two people finding union with you, being brought into your kingdom for forgiveness, having your bodies brought as living members of your body, being baptized into death, the death of your son, and raised into new life, to be raised into new life many of us here, that event has happened as well. Call to mind for us that we are resurrected bodies already. We've been those who have descended into the watery chaos in our baptisms. We've been lifted up into new life. May for each of us that begin to set us on a different plane as we live and walk in our daily lives. I ask all this in the name of the Father, and so the Son, Amen. <laughs> Amen.